we're talking about a very important sector sector that holds like a very prime importance in the growing of the indian economy the truck sector nobody remembers their name and why is that everybody called them by their truck number aap 2486 number ke driver bol rahe na it's a thankless job nobody kind of you know uh, talks about it uh, recently uh, the statistics says it's a 400 billion dollar industry and uh, it'll going to move towards 600 billion so it's a stacking number in india particularly the cost of logistics is very high is it around 14 to 16% of gdp as compared to 8 to 10% globally every year we are losing close to 50 billion dollars just because of demand supply mismatch his honorable prime minister narendra modi on his 72nd birthday this year announced national logistics policy Uh, where the idea of the government is to reduce the cost of logistics to single digit around 7%. The idea behind Trucknetic is to make trucking as seamless as Uber today is doing with cabs. It's India's first digital platform for EV trucks. Hello everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of the Glappenor show. On today's episode we are talking about a very important sector a sector that plays an important role in the growth of the Indian economy the trucking sector when all these sectors are moving towards sustainability when all these sectors are integrating the goals of net zero into their future roadmaps how does the trucking industry looks like what is the sustainability roadmap for this industry how do we build the ecosystem from our drivers to OEMs to the technologies needed towards this pathway on today's episode we speak with arham the founder and ceo of trucknetic they have recently launched another platform named as evolve evolve is india's first digital platform for ev trucks and if you like the episode please do subscribe the climb up another show welcome arham on the climbpreneur show you know i'm like today we are talking about a very important sector of you know a sector that's holds like a very prime importance in the growing of the indian economy the truck sector so i really want to start with that why do you think that this sector needs to be you know like we need to be actually moving towards sustainability in this sector uh so i mean like uh, if i take you a couple of steps back you know talking about indian logistics market and it's an ever growing market uh, recently uh, the statistics says it's a 400 billion dollar industry and uh, it'll going to move towards 600 billion so it's a stacking number and 600 billion dollars amazing and out of which 60% is road transportation and it's ever increasing again so with the influx of a lot of e-commerce and quick commerce companies coming in so with that sort of you know contribution towards the economy it's one of the major you know uh, sort of uh, strengths and weaknesses of any economy uh so in india particularly the cost of logistics is very high is around 14 to 16% of gdp as compared to 8 to 10% globally so there's a huge delta which is around 6% every year we are losing close to 50 billion dollars just because of demand supply mismatch and uh that's one of the major concerns even the government sort of figured it out and uh, his honorable prime minister narendra modi on his 72nd birthday this year announced national logistics policy uh, where the idea of the government is to reduce the cost of logistics to single digit around 7% and that's what we have been advocating as well you know in trucknetic so trucknetic we started off you know 4 years ago uh, particularly to solve one problem which is trucking and uh, the idea behind trucknetic is to make trucking as seamless as uber today is doing with cabs perhaps or you know how you order food from zomato and swiggy so we have created a platform where anybody can book a truck in less than 30 seconds 
We have a network of over 1 million trucks out of 12 million trucks in the country. So that's at the front end. At the back end, we are particularly focusing on increasing the asset utilization of the vehicles, which is as low as 50% today. Out of 12 million trucks today, uh, at any given point of time, you're going to see that the vehicles that are unutilized or, you know, without load is around, uh, you know, more than 50%. So that's what we are trying to do. We are increasing the asset utilization, you know, at the back end using high-end technology such as artificial intelligence and machine learning and give that the benefit in terms of the price saving to our end customers, which is the freight. And this way we are able to kind of, you know, uh, kind of collaborate with the government of India and uh, sort of, you know, trying out to kind of reduce the cost of logistics in India. So, Aram, you know, like I heard this thing that truck drivery is one of the most toughest jobs. Is that true? And with electric coming in or let's say with zero emission trucking coming in, are the lives of these truck drivers going to transform? That's a very good question. Uh, I think uh, 100% uh, today the truck driver is the, I mean, like uh, one of the, you know, most impacted individual from all sides of the, you know, spectrum. A truck driver doesn't able to make money, you know, because the wages are way low. There's no agreement with the truck owner as well, you know, uh, so they can be fired anytime. They don't get any, any advantages. Everybody hates them. You know, one of the insights, nobody no remembers their name. And why is that? Everybody calls them by their truck number. Up 2486 truck truck uh, number ke driver bol rahe na. it's a thankless job nobody kind of you know uh, talks about it and you're very right I mean like people have been now moving from trucking to these companies Ola and Uber you know there's a massive shortage of drivers right now and it's gonna be an acute shortage going forward if we would not do something about it and that's the reason you know and you know under TruckNet, we started what the truck, which we sort of mentioned, you know, where we are helping out, you know, you know, truck drivers to kind of, you know, you know, 360 degrees. What we are doing is we are helping them out to kind of fight against, you know, the misbehavior that happened. We are kind of, you know, making as true COVID warriors. Even the government of India sort of not realized that how important their role was in the entire you know, lockdown situation where they sort of moved their vehicles, have provided us basic supplies from pharma to oxygen cylinders to all those basic things that we required and could enjoy our lockdowns and could kind of stay at home, you know, without feeling the need that we don't have things in place. So so their role has been neglected. Uh, and, you know, definitely, you know, uh, one of the things that we need to do, I mean, like definitely uh, we're going to come towards, you know, moving towards EV, how it's going to be helpful for the truck drivers. But we need to kind of formalize this profession. I think right now it is one of the most unorganized profession. There's a lack of skill training. Today a driver is not able to, like every driver have a similar cost. You know, you cannot compare X with Y to Z. Even if they would have different skill sets. Because that, there's nothing to measure. So that's where I think we need to work towards on multiple aspects. Like in un Underwater the Truck, we are doing that. We are helping to provide, um, you know, truck driver trainings, you know, by focusing on like, for example, we are tying up with uh, uh, Safe Lives Foundation so that they are aware of about road safety. 
we are uh, working uh, with the lots again which is helping them out for this driver skill uh, training and uh, now we're going to be partnering with companies like Aitwa you know all India transportation welfare association where you know we're going to be further kind of you know making them you know uh, train for different truck types uh, so so that's one thing uh, that needs to be taken care of you know uh, also you know i think you have put in the right uh, context to it in terms of you know currently you know the long stretches the kind of the vehicles they are the cabins that are made is sort of not very you know comfortable for the truck drivers you know even the small vehicles so the with ev new designing coming in you know definitely the seating is more ergonomically designed uh, which is suitable for somebody you know because most of the truck drivers do get you know uh, their posters do get kind of you know uh, really really hampered because of the kind of position that they just sit in for long hours you know so definitely you know uh, for the new with the new vehicles coming in those things are also taken into consideration uh, so for example you know in these uh, you know high loaders which are currently there in commercial vehicle space uh, so they made the seat very very comfortable you know though not more than one people would be able to sit in front but at least the driver will be conveniently kind of you know be able to sit whereas in you know in other sort of you know conventional vehicles you would see it would be two to three seater even in at the you know in in the front so it sort of gets sort of you know very uh, claustrophobic and cluttered as well for them so that's one secondly the emissions i mean like they are always in that because they never can close it you know it's not ref- uh, you know there are no acs and stuff on the trucks right so every time you know the windows are open so the kind of emissions that they are sort of uh, susceptible i mean like the emissions that their truck would be doing in other trucks as well so definitely that would be something that you know ev vehicles are taking care of so these are broadly two aspects which uh, probably ev particularly would do it but i think along with that uh, we need to kind of you know formalize the entire you know driver ecosystem specific truck drivers because there's a lot of people moving towards you know now cabs because they find it easy but if you're going to do that you know i'm not sure when we're going to have uh, you know self driving trucks in india so i think it'll going to autonomous trucks in india so i think uh, it it will going to take a lot of time so i think drivers is a key asset is one of the most important stakeholders in entire logistics ecosystem and i think it's a high time and i i would request your audience you know uh, to kind of you know also kind of you know look into it you know we want to kind of you know even lobby to the government that we need to kind of you know really really do something about it otherwise you know we, you know big logistics would not come to the halt but definitely will be severely impacted by that and what do you think is the future of this sector because right now when everything is going towards you know uh when everyone has basically goals like net zero goals sustainable mobility sustainable shift so where is this sector going and like currently all the trucks that you have they are powered on like diesel so like when they are i want to know two things from you when these vehicles are powered on diesel is there still a way that you can try to incorporate an element of sustainability into it and second is where is the future of what where do you see truck netting going in the coming few years because every industry every you know player has to contribute towards sustainability because there's what we are going right uh, it's a beautiful question thank you for that uh, definitely i mean like uh, you know there's a lot of scope uh, so what we do particularly in truck netting uh, with the entire ecosystem that we are building 
you know, with the route optimization, making the asset utilization, you know, so, so you know, majorly one of the, part, uh, you know, particular elements is, uh, you know, return load problem, you know, which sort of causes us to kind of, you know, uh, lose a lot of money, which is around $45 billion every year. And, you know, at that point in time, uh, you know, the vehicle is moving, but without freight. And that's where the name Trucknetic as well. Trucknetic means truck plus kinetic energy. Truck should always be in motion because that's that's the nature of the work that can be taken care of. You know, a cab is more about, a, a car is rather, you know, for a personal use and it gives you comfort, but truck is for the movement. So what actually we are doing is we are reducing that deficit, you know, where we're increasing the asset utilization by solving the problem of return load. So, which helps us to reduce the wastage of miles without freight. And that's the major component through which we are able to kind of reduce the cost of, you know, reduce the consumption of diesel. Today, vehicular pollution constitutes about 60%. And within the vehicular, uh, you know, pollution ecosystem, uh, 60 to 65% is contributed towards the commercial vehicles. And majorly, these are, you know, all different kind of trucks from small Tata Aces to, you know, trailers. So that's one thing that we are trying to do. Secondly, you know, uh, you know, when it comes to intra-city movements, we have been able to kind of, you know, start off promoting a lot of, you know, CNG fuel trucks. So we have kind of make it a mandate that we would not be working with diesel trucks. So, and, you know, since we have a network, so these fleet owners are sort of, you know, getting those trucks modified. And so, so they are kind of slowly and gradually moving from diesel to CNG which is a cleaner from, uh, form of fuel as compared to diesel. And one of the things which we have recently started is Evolve. Evolve stands for, you know, uh, you know, evolving from the conventional side of the trucks, you know, the ones which are on diesel, to slowly and gradually moving towards the sustainable trucking ecosystem. Where in, as of now, it's India's first digital platform for EV trucks. So one of the problems that we have figured out, you know, to make it more sustainable, specifically in trucking, you know, you have to create an ecosystem and that was missing. We have seen a lot of OEMs coming in who are manufacturing these commercial trucks specific for intra-city use case, the smaller trucks. Uh, you know, these are called high loaders, you know, L3 to L5 and few other models. But the idea is since the market is not ready yet, so it is, they are acting as EVAS players. They're providing their services. Then, you know, the common role of, you know, OEM, which is a manufacturer where you just manufacture different kind of models and you sell it. But they have to give you the service as well because the industry is not ready. So that's why we have hand-holded multiple stakeholders within the EV trucking ecosystem from OEMs at one side where we are helping them out to not just only sell their vehicles to small fleet owners, but also leasing their vehicles, you know, uh, at a greater capacity in our ecosystem of work and also the existing ones which are on ground, increasing their asset utilization. So this way we are helping, o you know, OEMs specifically in EV commercial truck space. Similarly, the EV SE and EVAS players, we're listing them out onto a platform where, you know, they can provide their services, uh, you know, in multitudes to the large network. Today we have most of the EV OEMs, even, you know, a few bigger OEMs which have started moving towards EV is also, uh, you know, trying to participate. So this way we can, you know, really spread out the word about, uh, you know, commercial vehicles and increase the asset realization. 
And you know, the last segment, which is the most important one, is the, you know, small fleet owners. So currently, the market in India is very unorganized and fragmented. 95% of the fleet owners own less than three trucks. So these guys are clueless as of now. You know, what EV trucks would be, what's the future of it? What, what, how are we going to be using it? What kind of driver will going to be able to run that? So we also facilitate everything around that. We have a non-profit organization by the name of What the Truck. Uh, it's registered as Highway Heroes India Foundation, where we do kind of regular meetups with them. We help them out uh, 360 degrees. So one of the deficits that we are helping out with them is the knowledge. So what we do is we take one OEM together with us and then make them understand everything about EV ecosystem. On the second front, we're helping them out with the financing channel because there are not a lot of finances available to kind of fund EV vehicles particularly. And the third thing is we are giving them the business. So now they are comfortable, you know, moving from their conventional vehicles slowly, as they all suggest, towards EV ecosystem. And this way, we are able to kind of increase the ecosystem because ultimately the game, like for example, normal commercial vehicles or normal, normal cam manufacturers, they sell it to the end customer. And for, the, for them, the end customers are the small fleet owners. So once that cycle sort of uh, stabilizes, then there'll be an influx of, uh, you know, the trucking, you know, EV trucks coming into the picture. Also, one of the things that we are doing is, so majorly the demand that is coming for EV trucks is from the B2B big players, like from Swiggy, Zomato, Zepto and stuff like that, whom we are working with as well. But what we are doing is, because in a B2C model, for ad hoc movements, we are working with individuals and small medium enterprises as well. So now we are focusing on kind of, you know, giving them the trucks as well. So the same truck, which is on road for the B2B movements in those known operational hours of that B2B, we are placing the same truck to the B2C. And the good thing is that operational cost for uh, an EV vehicle is very low, which goes up 2.5 to 0.6 rupees per kilometer as compared to CNG, which is around 1.42 diesel, which goes up to 3.1 as well. So this way, because you know, the B2C customer might not take it today on the basis of, you know, that they have some sort of say in the sustainability side of the things, but the price becomes an advantage for them. So this way we are able to kind of, you know, float, evolve into the market. But definitely, you know, uh, there are a lot of challenges, you know, uh, not just in EV ecosystem, because right now if we talk about evolve, you know, majorly most of the trucks which are which OEMs have manufactured are for the small haul, you know, movements, intra-city or between two cities, you know, in a span of 200, 300 kilometers, because charging is an issue. Right now, they can give you a range of 100 kilometers at max, the best models today available. It can increase up to 200, 250 kilometers, but definitely the infrastructure is not ready for, you know, EV commercial trucks for long haul, the big fledged ones, because you would require a lot of charging stations, Battery swapping will not be a sort of an option in that case, I believe, because you need to have a lot of, you know, uh, corridors because like, for example, you know, if Kanyakumari uh, to, you know, uh, you know, Kashmir, it's a fairly large belt and there's a lot of movement like those, you know, how many times a truck driver has to stop or have to change and swap the batteries. So this will be something that probably we have to think towards. Secondly, I think government is also kind of building some electric lanes, electric highways. electric highways, but again, that will not be able to kind of, you know, get into the, you know, the smaller cities, smaller towns, you know, smaller highways, not like 
all the highways will be able to kind of go towards that so so things has to be looked from a broader angle and i'm you know a big fan of uh, mr nitin gadkari so you know he has recently announced that you know hydrogen will be the future uh, specifically in commercial trucks and i 100% echo with him uh, so i i actually believe that they this is a transition phase that we do have and you know the best thing about india is you know we don't need to take 1 2 3 4 5 you know we don't go that ways right so it's like 1 4 8 10 so that's how we move and jump so uh, i i i particularly believe the transition that's going to be happening i think we might just do ev at the side but at the same time we're going to be picking up you know lng liquefied natural gas which is the preferred choice of fuel uh, for all the heavy duty trucks in country like china japan and they are really really able to kind of you know get down their you know uh, emission levels and stuff like that so i think that will be something that will be able to do and with you know and the good thing about lng and you know the cng is that you know we we don't necessarily have to be dependent solely on you know external you know com- countries like russia or perhaps you know middle east or you know iran and stuff like that because you know uh, apart from you know definitely uh, i think reliance is a leader when it comes to procuring the you know natural gas Uh, but also you know i mean like the, there are options like you know uh, bio cng which can be made from you know you know farm produce agriculture waste uh, stubble which we call parali which is a problem so there are a lot of other you know things that we can kind of you know club it and i think government is doing really well by kind of making it sort of a mandate for the companies to adopt those practices where they would not be able to avail subsidies even if they wouldn't use like for example bio cng so those are the things which will going to help to transition so i believe uh, from diesel cng lng definitely there will be a phase when ev will going to be tried and tested but ev again so i think things would not completely change energy is something that you know uh, you know the, the solid fuel side of the things you know the conventional the non renewable will also be there but definitely the percentage will going to kind of you know change accordingly so electricity will going to be a preferred option for maybe some time but along with it you know lng adoption will going to come in and hydrogen will going to start coming into the picture but ultimately hydrogen is the one that will going to kind of you know make the permanent solution for the heavy duty trucking industry because think about it you get water as a byproduct no emissions i mean like zero emissions and that's where you know uh prime minister narendra modi at cop26 when he announced net zero by 2070 so that's one of the things and that's why even in the budget you know 35000 plus has been allocated towards the national uh, national hydrogen mission and india wants to become the net exporter in next 5 to 10 years and hydrogen is something that really really would change the economies not just you know you know definitely vehicles is number one because that kind of you know not just increase our dependency on other countries for fuel or for crude but also creates a lot of pollution so it's a self sustainable thing if we're going to start doing hydrogen but apart from that you know ammonia steel and a lot of other industries which are using different sort of hydrogens right now from gray blue brown so and you know and i think because of those things which are going on around in the world and the gas is becoming very expensive you know after that uh, if between russia and ukraine i think sustainable future of you know hydrogen becomes less costly 
and with more coming in one more players coming in with more funds coming in more support from the government coming in i believe it will gonna be transition to hydrogen and as an entire economy the deal because like right now as we were talking about natural gas because when i talk to these scientists who are working specifically in petroleum they were also like that we have to reduce our dependency on natural gas as well because we are importing natural gas and apart from that that's why we need to build you know import substitutes and all these initiatives are talking about farm to fuel and the one you were talking about i feel that they will play a very important role like you know recently indian oil actually established one of their first plants where from lanzatech actually which makes ethanol from steel mill emissions and i think ethanol is again you know going to be a game changer so what are your thoughts upon ethanol uh so lanzatech is a beautiful company based out of america and uh Uh, we have spoken to them recently as well. Uh, so yeah, so the plant has been put up in Pani I think Panipat. Yeah. Yes. So ethanol is definitely something that uh, you know will gonna be there for for a long period of time. Again, as I was mentioning before, that you know nothing will be constant. Energy will always evolve according to more sustainable. So far, we could see up to hydrogen, but you never know, right? Uh, so ethanol is uh, you know. a product you know uh, which mixes with gasoline and uh, it reduces the carbon emission drastically because it functions exactly like uh, gasoline uh, so the percentage of mix uh, in gasoline with the uh, ethanol was limited to 5% for a l- many years but then government thought that that's one of the things because in west in europe us it's up to 40% and that's where the government also started ramping up you know the percentage mix from 5 to 10 to 20 and then ultimately it'll be 40 so 40% of ethanol you know uh, blended with gasoline would be a game changer because it will gonna not just decrease our you know uh, dependency on the imports of the crude oil but also the pollution level will drastically go down so you know when it comes to ethanol a basic understanding you know there are three kind of ethanols it's for, it's called one first generation second generation and third generation first generation is where you use sugarcane as a product and the byproduct would be molasses and you know uh, bagasse mm-hmm. which is majorly used to make ethanol but again you are somewhere uh, you know uh, not able to utilize sugarcane to an extent because otherwise it will going to give you full sugar so there the consumption of proper raw material happens where there's a cost attached to it the second kind of a you know uh, what do you call as second generation is particularly you know cellulose cellulose uh, sawdust a uh, bit of agriculture waste so that's a second generation which i believe the panipat one that we were talking about as well is a second generation where agriculture waste is utilized to kind of make ethanol so ultimately it's something that at times go to landfill farmers burn it you know as a stubble and so on and so forth so so that is not sort of providing a lot of value though people have started using it as a you know secondary and primary fuel but the third thing is a game changer which i believe uh, government has not explored it but i think it will be a revolution trapping the industrial gases vehicular pollution and then converting it to ethanol because it will be a circular economy because you know uh, think about it like we were thinking you know brainstorming you know at our office one day that think about it if we can kind of make a device you know which is behind a vehicle where we capture the emission and with that they'll make the ethanol and then they again put it back into the fuel tank along with the petrol so nothing will going to come out 
and also you'll be making your product so so i mean like it was like a very rough conversation uh, i mean like just brainstorming on like things can happen but definitely industrial gases can directly be trapped uh, and you know those vehicle pollution can be directly be trapped and then converting to ethanol so that'll gonna give us a proper circular economy is it happening somewhere in the world right so now so things are uh, you know started moving in europe uh, uh, you know particularly germany i'm aware of uh, also in us i think lensatech is also working towards it Uh, but definitely in india i think uh, we can start doing it again as we we don't need to kind of you know focus on 1g and then 2g and 3g we can move from 1g to 3g as well because that's a big problem also one of the things you know i'm mean, like uh, just for the audience you know uh, so recently i spoke to a company based out of uh, palo alto california and they do have multiple offices in europe what they're doing beautifully which i think one of the things i think to all the ev players and ev charging station players they are using hydrogen uh you know as a fuel to provide electricity uh you know rather than just electricity from the grid so that's a beautiful thing yes. i mean like and it can be used because we already have a lot of charging infrastructure over here in the country if we can use hydrogen as a fuel you know rather than taking it from the grid because you know one of the things which we have to understand that electricity is not clean mm. electricity comes from thermal coal so here we are sort of banning coal to get used into industries because of the pollution and then in the plants we are using uh, you know coal to kind of produce electricity and using the same electricity so we have to make sure that our electricity production is also using sustainable fuels and this is one of the beautiful use cases of hydrogen and what are the challenges like for example if say india today has to implement a similar system like i spoke to someone they were working on smart uh, ev charging infrastructure but like this hydrogen thing that i told like it's i'd like get to hear a lot about this so what is stopping us from say implementing it today i think uh, one uh, scientific problem that we do face is lack of players in the system and the capital intensive nature of the business so you know and the the piloting also would require capital so as government as you know private investors people need to be more you know uh, sort of you know uh, they should they should be more easy on you know releasing the funds they should not be very stringent uh, because they if we would try it out multiple times we'll going to be able to do it i mean like not everything works in the first go innovation will going to happen you know once we'll going to be backing it with the capital backing it with the technology but it should keep on happening and definitely uh thomas uh, you know edison always says that you know uh, i've failed 10000 times that most of the people think about but i believe that i figured out ways that you know this these 10000 ways doesn't work to make a buck so that's what we need to do we have to keep reiterating and we need to have those funds we need to go small but go big we need to be more future oriented so we don't need not to think about the short term if we are able to cater those problems i think talent there's no dearth of talent here in india uh, economies at such a growth rate everybody has started believing in the country uh, as a unit within india itself we do have amazing leader you know so so it's just about you know getting out of that sort of a zone and coming together and i think it'll going to happen and 
there are amazing companies amazing startups like so many founders i know they're working on like for example something like green hydrogen someone is setting up a different ev infrastructure like uh, in a way that's completely powered on you know renewable energy right. and you know like just before we end like let's exp- like let please explain the part from farm to fuel what you are doing in that area and how are you using trucknetics logistic network for that so farm to fuel uh, is an initiative uh, that uh, you know we particularly uh, figured out that you know uh, you know there are a lot of things you know agriculture particularly contributes around 60% to the gdp and uh, it will going to be like that uh, for quite some time and definitely over the years the percentage might decrease uh, but the absolute value will going to increase uh, so one of the problems you know specifically when it comes to the farmers is you know uh, which everybody knows i think in india because it creates a lot of pollution as well as uh, you know parali stubble so that's one of the problems for a farmer because you know burning is easy for them burning is uh, cost effective for them but you know one thing you know uh, you know it degrades the quality of the soil as well but even then they think that it's a better option but today parali's cost is 1.5 rupees per kg so now they can sell it off and why is that because there's a value to it you can kind of convert those agricultural waste to different kind of fuels and that's what farm to fuel initiative is primarily perhaps uh, to kind of you know facilitate that where trucknetic plays a key role in you know entire supply chain management uh, from you know collecting it from the farmers uh to kind of getting it to the warehouses getting to from warehouses to directly to the companies will going to be using us so before that uh, so there are multiple use cases of fuel so agriculture waste can be used to kind of you know directly use in the boilers to produce steam uh, which would replace the use of pet cokes and coal and stuff like that the second use case will be to convert you know the same uh, biomass which is agricultural waste uh to ethanol and the third use case will be to make bio cng out of it which is again something that government has mandated the ctt players city gas distribution players to have it in the mix to avail subsidies so there are multiple use cases so farm to fresh initiative is particularly out you know taking and buying the entire produce from the farmers uh, i mean like the raw uh, waste rather and then uh, using the supply chain through trucknetic you know uh, to kind of you know reach it to the end customers who would require directly as a fuel to the manufacturers who will convert that into bio cng and ethanol and ethanol one directly goes to you know these uh, players and petrol pumps and uh, the the bio cng part is directly purchased by again these city gas distribution companies or you can open a pump as well so it's de- it depends upon the customer who would be kind of manufacturing or producing the bio cng so that's the initiative because i strongly believe that this is here to stay there'll going to be a parallel energy ecosystem which we can thrive one of the things that you know uh, nobody talks about is growing energy crops you know you can grow energy crops which has a significant gcv gross caloric value which would require less amount of you know uh, you know what do you call as fertilizers water it would be grown in a less area and smaller gestation period smaller gestation period better yield yes so i believe farm to you know fuel is not just restricted to now agriculture waste but you can specifically go towards so that's the initiative that you know we are very very you know uh, sort of uh, focused on uh, you know and excited about 
and i think uh, i was reading somewhere that the government is also working on this like from making farmers the andata to urja data and i like i think that that's the beauty of it because i think you know ultimately as you were earlier talking about you also have to empower people economically because you have to empower their pockets you have to give them a better living condition something that empowers their lives and that is only when they'll become the part of the entire bigger ecosystem but what's interesting to me is aram like what background do you have like you have like you know some really good amount of knowledge with energy and not only this but you're also working on so many different initiatives so where does this kind of skill set where does this uh, kind of knowledge comes from so i sort of started in actors and all that you know did multiple projects one of the projects really got hit uh, called project neojala we were the first company at that point in time uh, i mean like a non profit where we started off uh, installing solar water bulbs uh, in the houses of you know people you know living in slum areas across the country we did around 80000 installations uh, unilever north america team came in and made a documentary on us as well so that's my journey you know into social entrepreneurship started we formalized a non-profit organization after my college uh, where we started thinking of you know what we can do i mean like to really create a bigger impact and we started off with financial inclusion and when while we were doing financial inclusion we figured that there are two gaps you know social inclusion and financial literacy people don't know why to open a bank account and people are not qualified to open a bank account because they lack normal kyc so we started building an ecosystem did that for a year and a half working alongside with the government touch base around 50000 plus people and but we couldn't continue because janthan yojana came in so we started off this initiative before janthan yojana so <laughs> I always say that so sense of pride but uh, we couldn't do it because there was change of governments and few other things but i remained in that sector uh, for uh, about 3 to 4 years more did fellowships in uk us uh, came back in india started off a uh, you know uh, operations of a company based out of san francisco in health tech space yeah. uh, did that for about a year or so and then i was finally bored <laughs> doing you know social impact sector because after a point you couldn't kind of you know get a lot of out of it and that's why i was lucky to kind of get back into the normal regime investment banking side of the things did that for about 3 3 and a half years uh and then i kind of you know get out of the you know that i finally decided i'll going to quit uh, did stints from stanford you know uh, got selected for the entrepreneurship program did uh, a year long design workshop uh, uh, sort of certification from stanford graduate school of business and now we have been selected by stanford graduate school of business again for their seed transformation program which is uh, for the class of 2023 uh 100 odd companies have been selected um, in asia uh, for that uh, so so that that was it and when i you know did my investment making i felt the need that i'm ready now because i have understood the entire ecosystem and that's where you know i i came into the you know i i i actually quit my job because you know in the family one of the businesses wasn't doing well and it was in uh conventional energy and uh you know because the petco got banned at that point in time and that was the time i have to quit my job uh, because i need to look into it because you know we were fairly doing very well in petco can suddenly it got banned and majorly the market was tele ncr for us and adjoining states and all of got banned in single day uh i still remember you know a couple civil sort of you know doing that 
but again you know that was the time i came in but you know the time i came in i started figuring out you know petco got banned so what i did was to immediately uh, kind of you know uh, offset the losses so i replaced it with the imported coal but uh, you know within 6 to 8 months it hit to me today petco got banned tomorrow coal will also get banned so i sort of uh, preempted that coal will going to get banned way back in 2018 uh, december 2019 and it happened this year i mean last year itself i mean like this year like a final warning kind of a thing and that's where i started thinking like how to move towards the sustainable side of the things and from there trucknetic also emerged because another problem in the energy business was trucking because it was a trading business and trucking was a major issue and that's where i started off trucknetic and at the back end uh, was always invested into energy and when you say that coal got banned like explain this thing that so coal particularly uh, you know um, there are different origins of coal uh, indian coal is there and there is a imported coal imported coal which comes from different countries so few company countries where it's prevalent uh, indonesia is one basically uh, the coal comes from here uh, then us russia colombia south africa uh, mozambique and few other areas so that's the imported side of the coals which comes on all different ports in the country majorly comes on uh, western ports uh, and within the western gujarat ports uh, navlakhi is one which is near morbi city which is the capital uh, i mean the largest uh, manufacturer of ceramic industry uh, then it comes to mundra port uh, tuna port and kandla port which is like the biggest ports in the country so when i say coal got banned so coal definitely you know coal creates a lot of pollution and different kind of coal have different you know features in gcps like for example the petco also replaced coal because petco is an industrial product but petco got banned because of the sulfur content so it produces a lot of sulfur dioxide you know when it kind of reacts with the furnace and stuff like that so few coals have similar feature you know for example in us coal would have higher percentages of sulfur in it indonesian coal has low but again they would create a lot of impact and because delhi ncr is so you know already kind of you know uh, grappling with pollution and that's the reason uh, government have mandated that we would not be using it and replace completely coal with biomass which is sort of uh, prevalent now instead of coal and then slowly and gradually moving towards the uh, what do you call as a gas ecosystem so already there has been lot of infrastructure in these gas manufacturers are the cgd ones so in gas also there are players up upstream midstream downstream so city gas distributions are called downstreams which directly go, gives to supplies to your houses which is residential use then there is commercial use which is like office buildings like this and then there is industrial use which is directly going to the companies so that's where the companies wants to move towards now and when you say that uh, coal has been banned in delhi so like is it all forms of coal or just the imported ones that talking about which have like more content and which is more dangerous all kind of coal has been banned and today we are not using any coal in delhi i mean like uh, that's tricky i mean like people do use it uh, but i think uh, ngt is kind of uh, making sure that uh, people should not i think majorly bigger companies have already transition small companies are slowly and gradually doing it again 
you know it's not that easy I'll because accessibility for the audience like sorry to interrupt you here where today is being coal used in delhi ncr and when we are saying that we have replaced coal with biomass what is the difference in the emissions when we say that uh, i mean like the emission uh, drops to around 70 to 80% 70 to 80% yes uh, because uh, you know the gcbs are quite low as well mm-hmm. it's a clean product you know i mean like if you would use just a biomass like biomass is nothing but uh, rice husk chilka of rice mm-hmm. mustard husk sawdust briquettes the burada of you know the the wood that that's why kashipur is one of those areas you know because that it's a hub for woods collection uh, groundnut moofli ka chilka so all of those things are not polluting and creating a lot of pollution right so so that is replaced by the conventional fuels uh, which are fossil in nature like coal and stuff so it has already been mandated by government of india government of delhi that uh, in delhi not just in delhi but delhi ncr that uh, any form of coal will not be utilized or uh, used except the power plants because power plants require a large consumption of fuel and right now the availability of everything is not there i mean like like biomass is not something that we could manufacture particularly from the bio and that's where energy crops will going to come in because that can be one thing that can be replaced we can replace the fossil fuel with or the dependency of crude so that's what it is happening right now and uh, definitely around 25% emission is from the industries because if you would go anywhere across delhi ncr you will see industrial hubs all around i mean like we are sitting in gurgaon gurgaon to you know entire belt to till jaipur is all industrial areas similarly is with faridabad similarly is you know that area you know uh, sonipat panipat karnal and so on and so forth so so definitely delhi is sort of at a juxtaposition of all these industrial areas so and delhi's geography is such that the air gets trapped yes so so with that coming in i think uh, it's a good move that coal got sort of replaced and uh, i think once the infrastructure is more ready once the prices will going to drop down because gas is very expensive now it has ramp ram, uh, rapidly sort of you know ramped up in terms of pricing post that fiasco that happened so i think slowly and gradually things will going to be better but i think it's a great move uh, because uh, we have we have to start from somewhere and uh, i think uh, delhi is becoming that epitome i think i actually have to kind of really you know thank delhi government as well apart from central government because they are really doing amazing work you know with their uh, you know initiative switch mobility something around that as well the kind of buses that we could could see over here in delhi and construction getting banned and all of those things and the the vehicles getting replaced the diesel vehicles uh, you know the old older ones or uh, bs6 norms so things are ramping up and now the coal and the you know all those things i believe now will going to be able to kind of make because delhi is such a beautiful city and it is known for pollution now across the world it, it's not fair with the delhiers like us right like we really really believe in our city such a beautiful history i mean like there's a saying that you know delhi reconstructs itself every 100 years and it's been going from pandavas times and there are multiple rulers coming in and including shah jahan uh, which where it, delhi was called shah jabad at that point in time so i think uh, people should know delhi for the good things the food the culture the history the government it's the center of the country it's the capital so so i think it's a good initiative and i think it'll going to be really really uh, 
impactful because i could see this will gonna come in and next would be all these three adjoining states like how it happened in petcock and definitely slowly and gradually will gonna replace i think uh, definitely the environmental minister also sort of uh, kind of said that we want to kind of replace coal from india in next 5 years i think and the beautiful thing is that things have started to move because you know a lot of these things we don't get to hear and that for me like as a discovery what you like mentioned about the coal i knew that it has done something but for this mega impact i didn't know about it but thank you so much and thank you aram for doing it and also you know like because you came into the space like you were not motivated by sustainability to start with but you came into the space and you actually are transforming this industry inside out so i believe that everyone can do that and everyone right now someone might not be working coldly into sustainability but if they look forward they can really go and transform their industries inside out and you i think are a great example for that and i believe that these entrepreneurs and people like you are going to like make india lead towards you know our goals So thank you for being with us today and thank you for being here. Thank you for hosting me. Thank you Arham. Pleasure.